You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome back to the Buff Hub Podcast, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I am super excited today because finally, the bearded man Ginger Wonder is back. Jamie D'Amico, I missed you, man. Please reintroduce yourself for all the listeners on Buffalo Rumblings and all listeners alike, not only to your new show, but just in general on how an amazing human being you are. Oh, wow. You flatter the hell out of me. Steve, thank you so much for inviting (laughs) me. You know, it's funny. Before you came over here to, to Buffalo Rumblings, I was a host on your show, on your podcast, and I thought to myself, this guy's going places. He wants to talk to me. Don't know why, but hey, I'm, I'm happy to do it. And then you became part of the family. So cool. So me, I am a part of two shows here in the Buffalo Rumblings family of podcasts. I am uh, on the show Believe with John Boccasino and also on Jamie D and Big Newt with my buddy Chris Newton. And he's truly one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. Um, But I've got to tell you, I don't know why it is you would want me on this show. And I know you're a nice guy and you're going to say flattering things about me, but this show has seen the likes of like, Matt Perino and Sal Capaccio. Those are not people that should be mentioned in the same breath as Jamie D'Amico. I'm just oh, some podcaster. Those it. are like legit dudes. <laughs> do you, do you had Joe Buscalia. Are you kidding me? You had the best of the best on this show and you keep doing it week in and week out. And Jamie D'Amico. Oh God. Spare me. Listen, listen, Jamie. I told you this before we started. I am not even joking. Your voice was what I remember my first impression of Buffalo rumblings years ago. And it was remarkable to then host you and see your face and, and then just talk about the bills. It was, it was kind of a I was kind of dumpster. I, I, I couldn't believe it at first. I was just kind of like, this is actually happening. Got to pinch myself. We're going to have a really good podcast. I remember thinking that day, like we're going to get so much out of this talk. And then boom. I mean, I'm on Buffalo rumblings and are. now you're on my show. <laughs> yeah, I'm humbled, man. All I'm saying is I'm humbled. You know, like, you know, let me, let me say something to be before we get into the whole big topic of the uh, Titans and the chiefs, you know, in all honesty, beyond the Buffalo Bills, being a part of the Bills Mafia community, I mm-hmm. think just makes being a sports fan so fun and so cool to be a part of. Think about this. The Bills Mafia started at a time where the Bills 
didn't even make the playoffs for how many years? I think it's 17. And, and it's just one of those things when that name started to trend, it literally took about seven to eight years after that point. Correct me if I'm wrong for that name to really, you know, become something special for the public eye. You know, they just thought about us as a bunch of drunks jumping through tables, but really we're more than that. We're, we're a family. We look out for each other and we correct each other. Right. Sure. So <laughs> Jamie, there's a lot of delusional bills fans. <laughs> I'm one of them. <laughs> oh boy. You know, how about we, we try to ease some of this delusion right now. Let's have a conversation today. How does yeah, that sound? But before we get started, I, I wanted to let you know that my wife thinks you're cute. Ah, uh, oh my God! <laughs> what what is it about me that 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 makes me uh, seem cute to her? Please well, tell know, me. Tall, dark, and handsome. Oh, <laughs> I'm five nine. <laughs> I'm semi tall, but I still consider myself a short guy. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, yeah. When when you were doing your show on on YouTube. She watched it, and that was that was when I had grown my COVID beard and COVID hair, and so my beard, God, it, it was like five or six inches to the point that I couldn't see my neck anymore. And she hated it, and then there I was on this on this YouTube video with you clean shaven. And she's like, now that's a guy I can look at. You shave that, sh- oh my sh- God. Shave that face of yours. Stop it. She threatened to cut me off. It was awful. Oh, my goodness. Stop. <laughs> I'm just it. kidding. Look, it is it is an obligation because of my job to uh, have this clean shaven face. Let me tell you, if I didn't, I would have the biggest Fu Manchu you've ever seen in your entire life. Oh, nice. 100%. 100%. By the way, she just came into the room hearing this conversation. She came into the room and gave me a total WTF face. (laughs) Well-deserved. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, apparently there's football to talk about. I don't know. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Look, let's have a conversation. I begin with the understanding that, yes, the Titans had plenty of time to prepare mm-hmm. and that the Titans didn't lose a step. I am simply dissatisfied because I believed the bills made huge strides both in depth and as an offense. And it was a regression indeed. Let me keep going here. I got a rant about this, Jamie. It's going to take Bring a minute. We get on my soapbox. And to be honest, this is maybe a hot take for some people. I really don't care. I saw a team who is comfortable being 10 and 6 or 9 and 7. Let me tell you this right now. I pray the Bills don't become the new Marvin and Dalton Bengals. You see, this is the point. It doesn't matter that you lose but rather in the fashion in which you lose. There are teams that are going to be better than you. There are situations that are going to happen. People are going to get hurt on your team. Josh Allen may have a bad game, but you don't get blown out by the Titans with over 40 points. It's just unacceptable. 
And that's why I stand on that 10 and 6 and 9 and 7. It's a mentality. You don't think it's a mentality, anyone out there? Look at the Titans. They were 9 and 7, 9 and 7, 9 they finally broke into 10 and 6. And then they just got sick of it, is what it seems like. I think I hit my mic a little bit as I said that. Sorry. Look, the way I look at a Bills game, well, Bills game, the way I look at the Bills season is I rate it off four games, four games, four games, and four games. Mm -hmm. I just take it four games at a time, right? Like, I believe the Bills' first four games deserved a grade of an A-. minus. We just started the next four games with a D+. I say D plus because I don't think Allen hit rock bottom like he did early in his career. I think he definitely shown at least a little bit that he wanted to stay in that football game. There were a lot of calls there, you know, a lot of penalties, uh, you know, you had the fumble on the return, whatever. Look, fact of the matter is I'd understand 31 to 24, 31 to 20, but over 40 points and you only hit 16 on the board. I mean, that is absolutely embarrassing. So let me also say this. The Titans didn't have two of their starting receivers. So I don't want to hear that Milano and white would have made a difference. AJ Brown played dinged up and still cooked the secondary. This was an all out lousy performance. That's the only way I'm going to put it because it was lousy. It was abysmal. It was embarrassing. The defense did not wake up. They let Derrick Henry waltz to the right side of the end zone at the end of the game. What do you do when your team hits this low point? You do what Josh did. And you encourage each other and hope for better. But you got to really learn from this. And more than likely, if they don't learn from this, probably for the next four four to five seasons, however long uh, Sean McDermott stays as the Bills head coach, if we don't learn from a loss like this, the 9-7 and 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 10-6 mentality will never leave the Buffalo Bills organization. It will be good enough. Because when you lose for so many years, just having something, just winning some games is good enough. So, I'm done. That was my soapbox for that. We'll talk about the Chiefs after we get Jamie's reaction to what I just ranted about. Go ahead, Jamie. Well, you brought it, man. You, what you just did, what you just did right there, that's called bringing it. And you just brought it. Now, I'm finding myself feeling a little bit different than than the rest of Bill's Mafia because I'm not terribly concerned. They laid an egg. They, they went up. They absolutely came out flat. And the moment that interception happened that bounced off of the shoulder of Andre Roberts, my biggest fear in that very moment came to fruition. I thought this entire time I said, you know, to myself, the, the way the schedule has bounced back and forth and they've prepared for two different teams, I'm really concerned that they're going to go out there and just not have it. Now, I was concerned about that, but I didn't think it would happen because 
Sean McDermott has been very good at getting this team prepared and mentally ready week after week. They may not always perform, but he gets them ready. This is really the the first time in the past two seasons that we have seen the Bills show up on the field not ready to go. And sometimes it just happens. Now, it doesn't happen to the Patriots, but it happens to a lot of teams where they, like I said, go out there and lay an egg, and the Bills were not sharp. Josh Allen, he regressed from what he was the first month of the season, but he was still above average. He still had a 64% completion percentage. That's not bad. Now, what it did do is it unmasked some of the problems that we already knew were there. The offensive line can't run block. They, according to football outsiders, they're ranked 25th in run blocking in the NFL. That's not going to get it done. And Brian Winters was abysmal at right guard. Cody Ford has not settled in yet at left guard. Really the only one who's playing above average on the offensive line is Daryl Williams and Thank God we've got him there at, at right tackle. <laughs> yeah. But the defensive line, too, is, has been terrible. And I can't exactly figure out why the Bills have had the difficulties on defense that they've had this year. Um, they've had a few changes, but predominantly it's the same players that have been on the team in the past couple of seasons. And I know, like you said, there were injuries. But it doesn't matter because the Titans were without 10 of their players, including two wide receivers on, on offense, um, their best pass rusher on defense, and they they still performed well. Well, going into the season, it was an issue. Uh, the depth at linebacker, we knew it was going to be a problem, and I wasn't terribly comfortable with the depth at corner either. And, well, those are both coming and and showing their ugly face right now. But I have to say, there is some coaching issues involved. The the uh, false starts, the not containing the edge, which the announcers kept talking about, those are problems. They've got to be addressed. And, you know, Josh Allen wasn't as sharp as normal, but I can live with that because that's going to happen sometimes. I don't know. I, I don't think the sky is falling in yet, but the defense is a huge, huge problem, and I don't know what they're going to do about it. Look, I think the Bills need to stay optimistic and be thankful that they've had a 4-1 run so far. Now, we are about to find out, as Bills history has shown us, who this Bills team is after 4-1. and one. It was the last time I remember the Bills being 4-1, and one. They laid an egg every game after sure that did. point. It just was so ridiculous to see a debacle the way it happened. And it's just like, what else do you need? What, what, what more confidence could you get from a four and one start? You know, I'm people are going to talk about, you know, injuries that end up ended up, uh, you know, plaguing them, whatever have you look at the end of the day, if you want to win the division, and then maybe take another step after that and win a playoff game, you got to treat an opponent like Tennessee, even though they've had, they had obviously plenty of time to prepare for us. You need to show this team that you're, you're not going to get steamrolled. And, uh, you know, I totally get the stats about the offensive line. 
But I just think at this point, when the expectations are to win the division, that means you want to be better than the Patriots. That was not better than the Patriots. Let me tell you. Were and the let first me tell four you this. weeks of the season? <laughs> the way the way we played against Tennessee. It just that is not the way the Patriots played in years past. So Okay. And yeah, you want to compare Brady. Look, I I, I don't want to compare Tom Brady to Josh Allen. I'm not I'm not Brett Favre talking to my soapbox here. I am sure. <laughs> Uh, Steve Vega saying that Josh Allen will do different things for this Buffalo Bills teams than Tom Brady did for the New England Patriots all those years. It's two completely different scenarios um, and situations. I do not believe for one second that in years past, Belichick ever had to go up against a really solid coach for more than a couple of years, like two or three years. Mm-hmm. Rex Ryan gave him trouble. Big whoop. I mean, look where he's at now. You know what I mean? Like that's the only name I can think of that genuinely ever challenged Belichick. So I just want to say something else with, we're talking about the, you know, the Tennessee game. Then we're going to talk about the chiefs game. I just wanted to say one little snippet about the Raiders game. Look, they were missing a lot of players too. And you know, not having Henry Ruggs to blow the top off a of defense, Nelson Aguilar still did it to us, and the, and the ball got, you know, the play got called back. Uh, something is not clicking, is all I'm trying to say. And they got too comfortable. And, you know, I get people are going to say this whole situation with COVID really messed us up. At the end of the day, if you get five to six days to prepare, how much more time do you need? I, I don't, don't know. And more importantly, how much time do you need to just just be competitive? I get it. It's the COVID. What if they would have lost 24-20? You know, a, a, a close score. It wasn't that. It was just like they were basically checking out and wanting to focus on Kansas City. So you know what? Let's just do that then. How about we just talk about Kansas City now? Right? We Let, can let's, do that. Let's and really you know, jump into it. <laughs> I, I, want to, I want to float the idea out there that despite the 4-0 start, Perhaps the Bills aren't as good as that four and one start looks. Josh Allen that, has been great, yep. but the team top to bottom, I mean, take a look at the scores. The Jets, who are abysmal, they beat by 10 points, but then they won by three points, they won by three points, and then seven. They're not blowing teams away. They're not able to put games away despite coming out high-flying and scoring in the first half. This is not a complete team. They've got work to do. Yeah, they definitely got work to do. Let's see how much happens between the Titans game and the Chiefs game, which is happening on short rest, only six days. And and let me say this. Let me give you. Uh, I'm gonna get, shine some positive light on the Bills' offense and Brian Dable. Look, credit to them for this five game stretch we've had. They at least put the work in with a very odd off season going into a situation where there are zero fans in the stands, basically. And uh, you know, you got some 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 teams that can are allowing fans, whatever have you. I, I get it, but. I talked in my last podcast about how defenses need that crowd to really get them energized. I think offenses like to take that time to focus. That's why I think you're definitely seeing that regression. Now, talking about this football game, 
you know, I give credit to Dable to, for at least showing some wrinkles and shooting the offense mm-hmm. forward, Josh Allen executing, Stefan Diggs making a difference, everyone else doing their job. I don't like our tight end play week in, week out. I think we had some, you know, specks of light here and there, whatever. Great. But the reality of our situation right now is this is a new four game stretch. Currently, I I'll be honest with you. I I had to switch my my prediction for the season, uh, you know, because of this Titans loss. I had to look at every single game. I, the four and one, the four and zero start was like, oh man, we're trending at a twelve and four season. Like that actually can happen. This is crazy. But then when they lost that way, I was like, oh no, this is this is looking like we're going to lose against the Chiefs. Well, you hope they bounce back. And, you know, most teams do, and I'm sure they're not going to come out flat against... I don't think they're going to come out that flat against any other team the rest of the season. But you do have to keep in mind a a couple of things. Teams are figuring them out on both offense and defense. Um, Brian Dable has been fantastic at mixing it up, but the defense has not. I mean, they're basically a cover three, cover four on every play. Right. And teams know how how to deal with that. So, you know, at one point in the past, Sean McDermott took over the defensive play calling from Leslie Frazier. That may happen again. We'll, we'll see. I, I doubt it. I'm sure they can work things out ahead of time, but you know, as long as they're struggling at a couple of positions on the field, you know, the, the bills are probably going to have to, they're going to have to draw some things up in order to play a little better. And you can't say that they just need to send more blitzes because 33% of the time they're sending a blitz, which is eighth most in the NFL. So they're doing it and still not getting to the quarterback. So if the defense can get it right, then you're going to have everything working. And this has happened in the past. You know, three years ago, the Buffalo Bills put up, or I'm sorry, they allowed over 40 points in three consecutive games. And then the defense got a little bit better. And then even though they fell backwards into it, they still made the playoffs in McDermott's first season. So it's not, it's not a foregone conclusion that they're not going to get better. They can. And teams do the Titans last year were one of those teams by the end of the season, nobody wanted to play them and they went to the AFC championship game, but early in the season, eh, they look like an eight and eight team. Yeah. Absolutely. How will they bounce back against the Chiefs? That's important. (sighs) This is how they bounce back against the Chiefs. Don't let Tyreek Hill get loose. That's it. (laughs) Just just make them try to win the game with anyone else. Make them believe that they can win the game with Sammy Watkins and Travis Kelsey. Do not let them believe, especially in that first half, that they can get Tyreek Hill loose. This, it just, we just need to literally double, triple, whatever we got to do. You know, what the Raiders were doing, they just dropped everyone back. Whatever. Sure. Whatever you got to do, because what the Chiefs love to do is consistently blow the top off a of defense, whether if it is methodically or definitely on broken down plays. You know, I look at the way they play, and it is fun. I'm a Bills fan. I love watching Kansas City play. And you know what? I'm happy for them. You know, 
more power to them. I, I think there's so many, uh, you know, organizations out there that are trending basically because of the city they're in, not because of the way they play. So give credit where it's due. I'm happy for Kansas city chiefs fans. And, you know, at the end of the day, what the bills need to do is get back to the brand of defense. They were playing last year and just the offense just needs to stay consistent. Mm -hmm. The first four weeks, I get it. It's, it's a lot of tape and then teams start to figure out whatever have you. Yes, but also there were plays where I think the execution was just superb. Now, sure, I do wonder who do you activate on the offensive side when you have a guy like John Brown out? You bring up Duke? You know, like what do you do? Because that definitely showed a big void in the Bills offense. So all I'm trying to say is you can't just believe Gabe Davis against an AFC championship contender uh, team like the Titans is just going to have a day. You know, I, I really thought if we had John Brown out there across the board, we would have been a lot more balanced in our attack. But when he's out of the game and you put a guy like Gabe Davis to take more reps and, uh, you know, try to win those one-on-ones, I, I just don't believe he's going to win it consistently. Uh, that's a guy like Stefan Diggs. That's a guy you expect, you know, John Brown, helps alleviate all that pressure. I don't think that Gabe Davis does. That's just my point. That's that's true. I I mean, Gabe Davis, as mature as he is, considering he's only a rookie, he's not John Brown yet. He will get there. He will certainly get there. The guy is, he's definitely outplayed his draft position, and he's going to be a good player in the NFL. So I want to say one stat in particular. I'm looking at the attack of the, uh, the the leaders of Kansas City versus the leaders of the Buffalo Bills in regards to the offense. And one thing that struck me as interesting is that they're running the ball 20 more rushes than the Bills are. Mm-hmm. And it is not a crazy amount of yards. It's 344. We're at 238. We're about you know an 80 to a 90-yard game away to surpass that um, or just meet up to where they're at. But that is with needing to rut if we need to rush the footballs 20 more times, we're not running the football as much as I thought we would this year. That's no. for sure. And we're passing the ball a hell of a lot. Mahomes has 193 attempts. You got Josh at 189 and uh, we have one more touchdown than them. Stefan Diggs is at 509 yards with 36 receptions for two touchdowns. And you got Travis, Kel- Travis Kelsey leading their team at 32 receptions for 405 yards and three TDs. So interesting to see thus far who has been producing for each team. Now, what's the next turnaround going to be? You know, do we just keep relying on the air? Do we go to the ground? Because what I'm looking at for the last five games is I don't believe that. Yes. With the stat you said about the offensive line, we're, we're just not blocking. Well, how do we gain that trust back then? You know, like Josh Allen, just, you know, throw your wheels back on and start to run around more. Or do we just try to, you know, figure out other ways to, you know, get the ball down the field on the ground. That's a little bit more diverse because I know a lot of people were saying, especially after this Titan games, the bills looked way too vanilla, Mm -hmm. way too vanilla to win that football game. So what do you think about that? 
I think in order to be successful in the long run, you have to have a balanced offense. There comes a time when you need to be able to move the ball on the ground and control the clock, take the air out of the ball, keep the opposing team's offense off the field. That's been a major issue. Time of possession, the Bills have been giving up an unbelievable amount of time of possession because the defense can't seem to force any punts. That is one of the biggest issues they have on the season is the inability to get off the field on third down, or if they even get to third down, they seem to oftentimes give up one first down after another, after another on consecutive plays. So by running the ball, you're going to give your defense more rest and you're going to, in effect, keep the other team scoring lower. It's It has to happen, and they need to figure out how to do it. Now, whether it's bringing in extra blockers, spreading the field, one way or the other, the problem seems to me seems to be the blocking. I don't think it's Devin Singletary. Last season, he looked just fine. I, I think he's doing a great job of getting yards after first contact, but that first contact, unfortunately, is oftentimes three yards behind the line of scrimmage, which is then leaving the team behind the sticks and going for, you know, trying to convert for a first down. Josh Allen and the passing game has been fantastic at converting on third down, but you don't want to keep sticking your offense on third and long. And the way you eliminate third and long is by running the ball for four yards on first down. And that's what they're going to have to do. They need to start pushing the defensive lines off the line of scrimmage. I I don't want to see first contact until Singletary is at least three yards downfield. That just hasn't been the way it's going. Even when he does have good runs, it's almost like he's dodging somebody in the backfield. Offensive line, man, I'm not happy with it. You know, we talked about that a long time ago, too, um, how we were just really hoping that after the year that we had, which was an improvement, it wasn't amazing, but it was definitely improvement from the year before. And when we got Feliciano and all these other guys going into the playoff run, I feel like <laughs> the playoff game, <laughs> um, we, uh, <laughs> we showed a lot of improvement and we're definitely seeing a lot of regression, obviously with Feliciano out. I wonder he gets back in there, hopefully fully healthy. They're, they don't rush him back. Maybe that does change a little bit because what I see is the bills trying to run the ball to the weak side but your guard isn't pulling fast enough or, you know, creating that hole that you need. Feliciano provides that. Like I remember just seeing whenever the guard would pull, you see Jadavian Clowney just, you know, just bolting straight through and jumping on Singletary's back. Uh, you know, it's what, what, what can you do at this point, but just try to give Singletary more chances because mm-hmm. You know, eventually, it's the same thing with Josh. You're going to have to remove the training wheels, and this this is the tough part, right? Like, this is where you hear about all oh, running backs by committee and whatever have you. Well, then, do you do you even believe in your running backs? Then, like, you're just you're just going to keep cycling through, thinking that someone's just going to crack the code, and maybe not even resign them. You know, like eventually, you have to. You have to commit to someone to balance out your offensive attack. Like, I think that's something that, you know, a lot of great teams have done. 
Yes, it, we're going to a running back by committee because everyone wants all this money and there's not enough cap space to go around. Totally understand that. But when you're having problems on offense and the ground, you're not moving the ball on the ground, then I just don't see another option but to just try to live and die by him at least for one quarter and see if something pops. Hell, well, I... You know, I think they're committed to Devin Singletary, and I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, go ahead. I, go I think ahead. they're committed to him. I just don't know that they're committed to running because it's not working and passing is. But I think that you need to remove some of that pressure from your quarterback. And just even though it's not working, I think you have to stay with it. Okay, you might have to punt a couple more times a game, but you're not going to get better at running unless you keep trying to run. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I want to talk about the linebackers real quick. You know, we're mm-hmm. going to, through this game, and uh, something in particular uh, is catching my eye, and it, it just won't leave, and it's just this Tremaine Edmonds situation. Uh, Lorenzo Alexander said, have patience. There's a lot of people that believe, you know, he's big enough, he's strong enough, he's fast enough, he should just be able to pretty much dominate, especially having the year he had last year. Obviously, a different defensive line does have a bigger effect on your linebackers because the lanes in which they can blitz, um, the gaps that they're typically able to penetrate in the run game, they can hit those a lot easier because of the cohesiveness and the better defensive line overall play. I was one that called that the defensive line was probably going to take about eight eight to nine weeks for it to gel. Mm -hmm. Uh, But man, did we heavily invest... And we are not getting in return on the defensive line. But now, listen, this linebacker situation, you look at Milano and Edmonds now, looks like they're both fighting injuries, you know, back and forth every game. (sighs) Is it their fault or is it defensive line's fault? I I stand on, I believe it's the defensive line's fault. And, you know, I wonder if we don't have Edmonds, then how are we going to match up against the Chiefs, right? You got these, you got these gazelle line, these gazelle uh, tight ends. You got to cover now, and um, Kelsey's no joke. They're obviously gonna make that Milano's assignment, as well as trying to get in, trying to get penetration on the run game. But how do you look at this linebacker situation? Um, I know I ranted a little bit about this and that, but I just needed to get it out because it's it's a very it's it's tough to chew on uh, and try to just you know figure out uh, what's really going on here. I think there's a, I think there's three basic layers to this. Number one is the defensive line play. I think the Bills are really missing somebody to really kind of, I don't want to say dominate, but play at a high level at the defensive tackle one technique. And that would have been Star Lutilele, who has opted out for this season. Harrison Phillips was probably playing better than he was last season before he got injured, but... I, I think that Starr was instrumental in keeping the offensive line off of the linebackers last year, allowing them to run around free against the run. But also, there was there was a clogging sense where they sort of felt like they, if they didn't double-team him, that he was going to push the pocket backward, make it uncomfortable for the quarterback. Now, he's not a good pass rusher, but he can still collapse a pocket. That's one of the big things. I don't think Harrison Phillips has played to the level that was expected of him, and they don't have another natural one-technique defensive tackle. That's a problem. 
Secondly, something that really concerned me going into the season was the lack of depth at linebacker. I was very concerned that any amount of injuries at that position was going to have a catastrophic effect on the entire defense. And we're seeing that. We're seeing that right now because in the game when both Edmonds and Milano were injured, AJ Klein and even Tyler Medikavich was on the field, and he's not a guy that you want to see uh, on the defense. He's a special teamer only. He's great at that, but he should not be playing defense. Um, and, you know, now they have Delshawn Phillips, another backup linebacker who is he's injured. And you've got um, a an undrafted second-year free agent, starting at linebacker that's that's not what you want and the bills really should have addressed the depth there the third layer is that milano and Edmonds have been playing injured when they have been on the field and that's taking away some of the athleticism that we saw we're seeing that it's affecting Edmonds' tackling he seems to be less nimble too not covering as much ground and that has something to do with milano not being on the field as it turns out, Matt Milano might be the most important defensive player on the Buffalo Bills, and you don't realize it until he's off the field, but that guy covers so much ground from sideline to sideline, has tremendous instincts, and he can run with any tight end or running back out of the backfield. They're missing him, and the health of those two players is going to make a huge difference. Now, it seems to be that Sean McDermott believes that the defense is better with an ailing Tremaine Edmonds on the field than it does letting him take a couple games off to get fully healthy. Well, I agree with that because the players behind him don't belong starting in the NFL. I, I realize that AJ Klein was a free agent brought in three-year contract. He has guaranteed money next year. He's making $4 million a season. He's not worth it. He should probably be cut as it is because every time he's on the field, the opposing offense takes advantage. But when you look at those three things, the injuries, the lack of depth, and the drop in defensive line play, it's putting the linebackers in general in a bind. And I don't know what the answer is right now. They may have to scheme some things differently, but until Milano and Edmonds are healthy, I... I don't think you're going to see the same quality of defense that we saw last year. Well, Jamie, look, we want answers. Sure. And sometimes the only way to get answers, sometimes the only way to get results is by taking risks. And I look at the defense as a whole. Can we just upgrade it at all? just to find some kind of a difference. I know we have Jordan Poyer. We have Micah Hyde. I get it. But I look at a guy like Earl Thomas. I know it's a little bit out of the box, or way out of the box for some people, whatever. Would he make a difference to maybe switch him in and out? Because what's happening is we're playing a lot of nickel. Have a guy like Earl Thomas who's not afraid to, you know, get his hands dirty. Do you bring him in? I think you bring in I think you bring in a slot corner 
uh, Teron Johnson has been a liability in coverage. He's been excellent against the run, even though he's you know he's got a he's got a smaller frame. But I think if you bring in anybody at all, maybe you look over the waiver wire, or more than likely you see who's available before the trade deadline. And I think that could make a big difference. Now, Teron Johnson, like I said, he's good against the run, and therefore, because of his tackling, and this defense doesn't tackle particularly well, you could do worse than him. But he always seems to be a step behind the receiver that he's covering. I think that's where the upgrade comes from. And if if a big-time pass rusher comes available, Maybe you go after that person. See, I don't want the Bills to become the Rams and just not have any any draft picks left for a number of years. And they gave up a ton yeah. of picks for Stefan Diggs. And he's paying dividends. But do you go after Yannick Ngui? I mean, the Vikings are one in four, probably not going to make a playoff run, and it's a one-year contract. Do you try to take that contract on for the rest of the season? You know, you know, well, I don't see why not. But I mean, when you look at what Sean McDermott said, I mean, he's looking for answers after that game. It was just an abysmal slap to the face of what he thought where, where he thought the bills were going to be trending, um, especially as their head coach. And then it's like, well, damn, what do we need? Do we just need anything? We need Le'Veon Bell. (laughs) Yeah, he's looking at every that. he's look he's looking at every position and let me tell you something that's what concerns me though Jamie it's like the mentality of you don't even your coach is giving the impression that we're just looking to upgrade our football team well if if Le'Veon Bell is a case to look into why not Earl Thomas uh, you know I, I get it I get it he's kind of a problem child in some in some people's eyes whatever have you at the end of the day you know, then don't give signs out that you don't believe with who you have right now. And more importantly, don't let your team lose <laughs> to the Titans with that many points on the board. You know, I look at it this way, though, too. I do understand. I don't want to get too much into that again. Look, the Titans had touchdowns in four drives within the 30-yard mark. Yeah, that doesn't help. I, I, I get it. They started on the 12. I think it was uh, the touchdown. The Titans had touchdown drives of 12, 16, 18, and 30 yards. <laughs> 28 points. Anyone could have done that. Ryan Fitzpatrick could have done that. Jared Goff could have done, could have done that. Uh, you, you know, look, fact of the matter is we made a lot of errors in that game that gave the Titans an advantage, but you got to wake up at least after two of those when you just give it up again two more times like there is something really wrong with you know field position and not being mindful of how you're playing and look if you give Mahomes that much yards <laughs> to work with to score a touchdown good luck yeah, they, they really have to protect the ball better. And, you know, the, the two interceptions were unfortunate and really set them up for disaster. Um, they'll do better. 
they'll do better with that. I, I'm sure of it. You know, Josh Allen was not as sharp, but the whole team was kind of flat. And yeah. I, I don't think you're going to see 28 points, you know, with four touchdowns where the opposing team only had to go a total of like 75 yards. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. just, yeah. that's not commonplace in the NFL. Now, I am not convinced that if they, if the Titans had 80 yards to go, that they couldn't have done that because, like I said, the Bills struggle uh, on defense and they struggle to force punts. But at least, at least when a team has to march 80 yards as opposed to 20, you've got a greater likelihood of forcing something positive like a turnover. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Again, I think that game was an anomaly. That That's not the game you're going to see the rest of the season. The defense is going to struggle, but the offense is going to score points. And I just, I don't feel like the sky is falling in yet. If the Bills look equally as uh, feeble against the Chiefs, then I'm going to say, okay, maybe this, maybe this isn't a playoff team. Maybe this isn't the team that we thought they were the first four weeks of the season, but it's a quarterback driven league. And I don't think that Josh Allen is going to see a massive regression from what we saw the first month. He's, he's going to have questionable games, but he's not going to go backwards for the rest of the season. Well, look, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to finish this on a positive note. I want I want anyone listening to be optimistic going forward. Look, I looked at the next four sets of games for the rest of the season, and uh, I got us going two and two within this four game stretch of the Titans. Obviously, losing. I think we're going to lose to the Chiefs. Be honest with mm-hmm. you. I think, in all honesty, I think we're going to lose uh, thirty one to twenty. That's my, that's kind of my prediction. Now. With the two games after that, I definitely have us beating the Jets and the Patriots. The next four games, I have us going three and one. Think we're going to lose to the Seahawks. We're going to beat the Cardinals, the Chargers, and the Niners. Hmm. The la- the final stretch, I have us l- losing two. So the games we're going to lose are the Steelers and the Pats game, and I think we're going to beat the Broncos and the Dolphins, and we're going to finish hopefully. Around eleven and five. That seems reasonable. I, I think that's I have reasonable. At, I have them at eleven and five. I hope they prove me wrong because right now they're looking like a ten and six, teeter tottering into a nine and seven. But they have to shape up, dust themselves off, get healthy. I get it. It's a tough turnaround, but eventually. You got to grow up. You got to the greats who choose to put their football team on the field at 11. And they, they want to, they want to put a, they want to play an 11 and five brand of football. They don't lose like that. And they have a vision and they stick to it. So that's where I have the bills trending personally. As after I looked at the whole season, I think we're, we can still finish 11 and five. I think that is, I am 70% sure. All right. And I do agree with your point, honestly, Jamie, about it. it the, ga- the game was an anomaly. It was probably frustrating for the entire team as a whole with knowing 
who, how, who, and how, who, how, where, what, where, when they were going to play um, for the next two weeks. But I think things should even out. Hopefully they do um, mm-hmm. after this, you know, chiefs game is over. I just want to get this game over with, to be quite honest with you. I think it's a, it's a, it's a bleep show. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say the word, but um, you know, that's, that's where I'm at. I want to finish on that note because you know, time will tell, right? Time will tell where the bills end up. I, I do believe that we have made ginormous strides um, from the last couple of years going into this year. I think it's great. I, I love the way our offense is looking overall as a grade. And, uh, we just need to figure out the kinks on defense. I think it's going to happen. I think this is a game where you can prove yourself after, uh, getting, you know, destroyed, <laughs> but, uh, you know, let's leave it on that note. Jamie, please give the listeners on Buffalo rumblings and all listeners alike a, uh, all the information they need, uh, to find all of your content. Please check us out. Um, you can reach me at the Jamie D'Amico on Twitter, J A M I E, and also give a listen to Jamie D and Big Newt on Buffalo Rumblings, as well as Believe, which is a Bills fan podcast. Uh, I'm doing those shows with two excellent, excellent hosts, and you'll want to listen. But make sure, make sure you listen to Buff Hub because nobody does it quite like Steve. <laughs> well, thank you, so, thank much. you so much for having me, by the way. This was really a pleasure. I, I, I could speak to you all day. Um, I, I know you've got stuff to do. You've got, uh, you've got a seven-week-old baby you've got to take care of, but uh, let's <laughs> yeah. do it again sometime, man. You know it. You're always welcome. Bacchusino, you know you're always welcome. I'm going to get you on soon. I got a bunch of people I want to get on the Buff Hub. It's just a big old happy family over here at Buffalo Rumblings, and um, I'm excited to uh, just – you know, keep the content uh, moving and give these Bills fans uh, just a good podcast. Thank you so much for joining me, listeners, all listeners alike on Buffalo Rumblings. This is Steve Vega from the Buff Hub. Let's go, Bills. Let's beat the Chiefs. 